Welcome to the Win-Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the Director of Evangelism in Australia and have over 30 years of experience training and equipping people in this field. Every interview and episode on this podcast is designed to help you become more assured and equipped to share Jesus in relevant ways. Day in and day out, I'm creating content to help believers in this space and all the while reaching my own world for Jesus. During this podcast, I'll introduce you to some amazing guests that will share their knowledge and experience. Together, we'll grow in our ability to share Jesus with our world. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. The beginning of each year is always an opportune time to plan to be involved in the work of evangelism. My guest today is Mark Connor, and our topic is planning a soulful year of evangelism. Mark is highly regarded as a Christian leader in Australia. He has experience spanning four decades. He pastored one of Australia's largest churches for many years and is currently investing his time and energy into speaking training, writing, consulting, and coaching others towards greater effectiveness. Welcome to you, Mark. Thanks, Tina. It's a real privilege to be on the podcast today. Thank you for the opportunity. Fantastic to have you along, Mark. Tell me a little bit about this area of planning. Like, What's your experience with planning? Obviously, you've had to be highly involved at some level to do everything you do. Yeah, for sure. Look, I think some people probably have a natural bias, a planner inside of them that uh, likes thinking ahead and contemplating where they want to go and what the steps are to get there. Other people, you know, probably just love to live in the moment and kind of see what happens. So, you know, we are all wired a little bit differently. But look, I, I think there is a benefit to planning. It's been said that often we spend more time planning our holidays than our life. You know, so if you've just had a holiday, you probably did a bit of planning of where you're going, where you're going to stay, what you're going to do. And yet our life uh, is probably even more significant than just a holiday. So I think uh, pausing, the power of a pause, reflecting, thinking ahead and planning, uh, I think has some great benefits. Mm, absolutely. I am thinking of those people, Mark, though, right when you said that, that there are some people that just like hear the word planning and love it, but some that just are like, it's like chewing concrete. So are there some easy ways to plan so that all of us could adopt this posture of planning when it comes to evangelism? Yeah, look, I I think sometimes some of the language can be off-putting. So um, you know, maybe even the word planning for some people uh, might, might be a little bit difficult or problematic. But I, I think question, the, the power of questions, um, you know, just first of all, I think maybe looking back over last year and asking yourself what went well, what didn't go so well. Uh, if I lived last year over again, what would I do differently? Um, some people use a little matrix of as I go into this year, what would I like to stop doing? What would I like to start doing? What would I like to do more of? What would I like to do less of? So sometimes just a really good question um, that you can ask either at the end of the day, the end of a week, the end of the year, the beginning of a new year. It doesn't have to have the word planning in it, but maybe it's just uh, at the end of this year, who would I have liked to become or what would I have liked to achieve? Sometimes a question can just get you started. Mm, yeah, that, that is a great way to approach it. Is there a benefits to breaking up a year marked, making it into smaller chunks to look at that year? What, what do you do yourself? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think there is. I like to see our life as a, as a little bit of a portfolio of different roles that we play or hats that we wear. Um, and, you know, the, for instance, I'm a family member, so I have uh, my wife Nicole. I've got our kids, our grandkids. So uh, I think of myself as a family member. I'm also a communicator in that I speak and write and blog and uh, do video podcasts and things like that. I also do some leadership. I also have financial management of a number of things we're involved in. So I like to think through the different roles that I may have and then think about the kind of person I want to be in each of those roles. And so it might just be actually sitting down with a piece of paper and defining my roles, and they'll change at different seasons in our life. But think through in in the different roles you have, let's say by the end of the year, Uh, Where would you like to be in that? What would you have liked to have accomplished? And of course, we know true success is not just succeeding in one role. The classic is the businessman whose business thrives and yet their marriage falls apart or their teenager is often away and not in good relationship with them. So uh, I like that balanced approach of thinking about all of our roles and then thinking about what we want to become or what we want to achieve. And so it starts there. And and then as you then break it down, as you said, uh, I like the word next steps. Again, goals. Some people like the word goal. They get excited about a goal. Others, the word goal can be a little off-putting. So I I like the phrase next steps. So for instance, let's say this year you really want to uh, invest more in your family relationships or whatever that may be. The the next question would be, well, what's the next step I could take to grow in that area. So, you know, your podcast is about evangelism. Maybe someone has a goal this year to become more confident in sharing their faith. That's a really good goal. Uh, but but what's the next step that you could take? And so maybe it's just uh, selecting a book to read or joining your podcast, subscribing, or it could be going to a seminar or reading a book on common answers or objections to the Christian faith. So if, if you break it down into next steps, which are really goals, then you can kind of say, well, what do I want to do, do this week or this coming month or this coming quarter? And so you have this sense of a destination and then a journey with some steps along the way. I I find that's really helpful. So yeah, I I like to think about my year. I have some broad areas of focus for the year. And then I like to have what's called a weekly review. I think in the day we can get caught up in the busyness, but I think once a week having an appointment with yourself where you kind of look back over the last week and say, uh, what went well, what didn't, what are the loose ends I need to follow up? And then look at the coming week and just think about my time, my appointments, my commitments, and what steps can I take in the areas that I want to focus on for the year. There's something about a weekly um, rhythm. You know, it's interesting for those people of faith in the Old Testament, there was the Sabbath, which was kind of God's way of reminding his people that while they stopped, he was still running the world. And so I think, you know, once a week, whether that be on a Monday or a Sunday afternoon or a Friday afternoon, just having an hour with yourself um, because, you know, you can set great goals, great intentions, but if you never pull them out and look at them, then you can easily drift over time. So I've really found it really powerful to have a, a weekly review or preview where I pull out some of those aspirations for the year and ask myself, how, how am I going? To change the metaphor, I think we, we tend to live by the clock and we rarely pull out the compass. You know, the clock is about what time is it, what's next, what's my next appointment, my next commitment. The compass is about what direction am, am I heading with, with my life. And sometimes we're going really fast, but are we heading in the direction that we want? And so that weekly review is a good way to pull out the compass and just go, am I on track with who I want to be 
where I'm heading and the kind of person I want to become. So there are a couple of little um, routines or rituals that I think can help people in this area of planning, goal setting and managing their time. Yeah, brilliant. I love that weekly review idea, Mark, because I must admit I I can get away from that. You know, a few weeks can go by, then it's a month and then I look back and I'm like, oh, hang on, I'd, I'd said to myself, I'm going to catch up with this particular person for coffee that I felt the Lord had put on my heart to be really, you know, reaching out to more, uh, more intentionally, I guess, this year. Or, or Mark, the classic is looking back after a month and going, actually, I only made it to the gym once and I had it in my calendar 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so if the, I, I find the weekly review is that kind of point of accountability it's uh you know if you think of the gps analogy you know if, if you, you you set a destination and then there's a, a a route to follow sometimes we take a wrong turn and it recalibrates and i think that weekly review is a way to recalibrate because uh, let's face it we all drift we all forget uh, even in organizations it's like the mission statement most organizations have a mission statement but is the mission on the wall happening up the hall <laughs> and often it's just a nice statement but everyone's forgot about it no one's really living it out and so unless you have those times of review or checking in, it's easy to have good intentions but not actually live out those in our daily life. Mm, yeah, that's so true. That's so good advice. I mean, you've been planning for a long time, many decades. I know you as a as a planner. What do you do differently? Like, what have you let go of some of the things that you were um, really, I don't, know, I don't know, were you more dogmatic about some things? How, how's it shifted in your own world over the, you know, 20 years? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think you, you do, well, first of all, you change as a person. I, I like the idea of software has upgrades. And so, you know, uh, we need to be continually reinventing ourselves, upgrading. So I'm probably on Mark 12.0 right now. And some people freeze frame you and they remember Mark 7.0. And it's like, yeah, I remember him too, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not that person anymore. So, you know, we do keep changing, we keep growing. And so when it comes to planning, I, I have changed a lot. I used to be a big task list manager. And I had lots of tasks. I'd have a task list for my holidays. And, and I'm not I'm not against task lists, but I find that they can be a little bit um a little bit stifling and they can cause you to kind of lose the spontaneity of the moment. A funny story, I actually remember once talking to a counselor a little bit about my task addiction, and he, he, he asked me the question, so how many tasks do you have on your list for the day? I said, oh, a heap of them. He says, do you finish them all? I said, of course not. <laughs> he says, well, what do you do with the ones you don't do? I says, I move them to the next day. And he goes, well, aren't you deceiving yourself? And, and I went, sorry? He says, well, having all those tasks on there that you, you don't have time to do, aren't you deceiving yourself? And then he goes, what would it look like just to have a list of tasks that were able to be accomplished in a day and finish the day feeling good about yourself rather than looking at what you haven't done? And it was quite a profound conversation. I was actually thinking of the poem of creation in Genesis 1 where you know God makes the light on the first day and at the end of the day, he doesn't go, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. He goes, it's been a good day. And then God went to bed or whatever God does at night, got up the next day, did the next thing and then goes, it's been a good day. So he'd broken this creation project down into six sequential days of bite-sized tasks that built upon one another. I think it's a great 
uh, model of God's time management or project management or planning ability. So all that to say, I'm now at a point where I try to realistically say, this is what today will look like and finish the day going, that was a good day, rather than I haven't done this, I haven't done that. And so it's not that I don't have lists anymore, Tina. I I find that what gets diarized gets done. In other words, if it's in my calendar, so yesterday we, that was our last day of holidays, we went and had lunch with two of our kids and our grandkids. It was in my diary, so it actually happened on that day. You know, today we're doing this uh, podcast interview. I had a few things before this, a few things afterwards. So I find if it's in my diary, it gets done. And so instead of having long task lists, I tend to schedule my tasks. So this afternoon, for instance, I've got a message I'll be speaking at a church in February. And so I've got two hours in my diary this afternoon, and it says message preparation. I also look after my dad's website, kevinconnor.org, and there's a couple of things I need to do with one of his books. And so I've got another hour blocked out for that. So I find if I put it in my diary, it happens where if you've got a long task list, you tend to fill your day up and you've got all these tasks and you finish the day and you're always feeling guilty that you haven't done enough. So that's a big change for me. Now, again, let's say Saturday, I've got a few jobs to do. I might have an hour appointment with myself Saturday morning to do some jobs. In that appointment, I have might have a list of three or four things to do, but I tend to lead my life by my by my calendar by my diary because where your time goes is what happens and if it's not in there it's probably not going to happen so that's been a major shift for me that i've found really helpful so i don't have a task list app anymore where i used to have things and OmniFocus and all these different apps i don't, I don't use them anymore i do use reminders a little bit because i'm an apple user but i tend to center my day around my diary and that weekly planning I've got some great news today. Our Shared Jesus membership is making a huge difference. We trialled the concept in 2023 and I'm excited to be able to invite you today to join our community. Inside the membership, you'll receive the weekly information and support you need to share your faith with ease. I cannot wait to meet you personally in that community. It's great value, but registration is closing soon. So please go and check it out, www.sharejesus.com. While you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think I'm a little bit guilty and I don't know for you today listening to this, but I think I'm a bit guilty of having some really grand big plans, particularly in this space of evangelism. You know, I think, oh, I'm going to I'm going to reach out to you know 50 people this year or something. But really, I think if we could take some of your wisdom here, Mark, if we could simplify things down, tweak those down a little bit, and actually get them in the diary where you can see actually it's probably not even possible for me to have that many people. If I started diarising that it would give me a better picture of what's going on. No, exactly. Every intention takes an amount of time. And so unless you allocate time for that, it's not going to happen. And you're right, it's unrealistic. 
Yeah, that's very good. So our our topic today is planning a soulful year of evangelism. And the reason we've, I've put that in there is you have a particular focus in this area and which is the perfect blend, I think, when it comes to planning because you can't plan unless you have some type of inner life health. And I know that you have a video podcast called Soul Food. So tell me a little bit about Soul Food, this podcast that you have, but let's talk about what we do need to do as individuals to have that healthy inner self so that we can even get through our plans for the year. Yeah, look, it's a great question. Uh, I started a uh, a video podcast called Soul Food back in 2020. And really, it was just um, a response to what well, it was in the middle of COVID lockdown. But uh, it was just uh, a focus on, on self-care. And, and I think that sometimes we think self-care is selfish, that you know, we should live our lives for others and put other people first. And there's a truth in that. But you know, Jesus actually said, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think he's implying that we have a good relationship with ourself. Uh, I think most people spend the majority of their time and energy looking after everyone else rather than their their, their own well-being. And, and so I just started that with this. Well, the first series was called Self-Care, Prioritizing Your Own Well-Being. And, you know, we all know that the funny example of when you get on an airplane before it takes off, there's that safety spiel that we all give our attention to. And somewhere in there, the pilot will say, in case of an emergency, an oxygen mask will drop down. And who do you put it on? Well, well you put it on yourself. You think if it was a Christian pilot, they'd say, put it on your neighbor. <laughs> no, put it on yourself. Why? Because if you're not breathing, you're no good to anybody. And so self-care is not selfish. In fact, I would say, Tina, the best gift that your listeners could give to the other people in their life is them being a healthy person. Mm. And so looking after ourselves, giving attention to our inner world, because life is lived in inside out, uh, is so very, very important. And so, yeah, so I did a whole series on, on, on self-care just to start with. And so we looked at a, a whole bunch of uh, items from reflection, mindfulness. Uh, we talked about internal stress, which is one of the most dangerous kinds of stress, Uh, Giving attention to our emotions. Uh, Emotions are like the lights on your dashboard. You know, if if your red petrol light comes on, you don't get the hammer out and smash it and say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. (laughs) No, no, the red light is your friend. It's getting your attention. You know, emotions like anger or jealousy or um, discouragement or, or even depression. These emotions are getting our attention that something's happening underneath the, the hood, beneath the surface. So we talk about emotions, conflicts, uh, and, and right down to some physical well-being areas of sleep, exercise, diet, energy. And so, yeah, that was the first series we did. And then we did another series on life think and some uh, another series on relational intelligence. Uh, but, but all that to say, I, I think the concept of soul food is built around that life is lived inside out. And so giving attention to our inner world, our inner well-being uh, is so very, very important. Mm, it absolutely is, and that's why we wanted to bring this up today. So as you listen and you're encouraged to, well, let's plan to actually be outward focused this year, don't neglect yourself in the process. What do you think the top two things people should be doing to look after themselves, Mark? What are the most effective things to address in people's lives? Yeah, look, it's a good question, and again, I, I really like uh, avoiding stereotypes or projecting 
onto another person what works for you. I, I think we all are wired very differently. I do think that reflection is very, very powerful for us. Uh, it's been said that experience isn't the greatest teacher. It's only experience that we reflect on that becomes insight. In other words, we've all got a, many years of experiences, but have we actually reflected on them and turned them into insight? And so I, I mentioned that to say, for those that are listening today, when were you at your best in your inner world or, or in your spiritual vitality or your emotional well-being? When, when were you at your best? And what were some of the factors that led to that? You know, that, that's reflecting on your experience. And, and then opposite that, when were you at your worst? When, you, when was the kind of lowest uh, spiritual vitality or emotional well-being? And what was going on? What were some of the factors there? See, you want to live and learn. And so by doing that, we can gain some insight and go, okay, well, how can I do more of those things? So, for instance, in spiritual vitality, some people connect with God out in nature. It's not in the, the big crowd or the noisy music or the cacophony of sound. It's maybe walking by the beach or out in a forest. Uh, if that's when you connect most with God, we'll, we'll do more with that. For others, it's, it's in community. It's, it's at the life group. It's, it's uh, on the online chat group, you know, or, or whatever it may be. It's the Bible study together. Well, well if, that, if that's what works for you, then lean into that more this year. You know, for the others, they're more intellectually wired. So, you know, reading an N.T. Wright book or, or uh, you know, a, a book on apologetics that their mind gets stimulated around the wonders and mystery of God. We'll, we'll do more of that. And so I'd say the same in our emotional world. You know, if reflection, if, if taking some time aside for you works well, uh, maybe it's physical exercise. You know, it's been proven that exercise, uh, motion is lotion. Exercise actually gives oxygen to your brain, helps your overall emotional vitality. So, you know, I've, I've got a, a close friend who's struggled a lot with depression and you've been through a lot of trauma in his life. And, you know, he's found that exercise is just like a lifeline for him. And so, you know, he does something every day. And, you know, if you met him, you would never know that he struggled with those things because he's found a key to uh, bringing vitality into that area of his emotions. So, yeah, so I don't like to prescribe or say, you know, here's the formula, you've got to do this. I think if you can study yourself, you know, be the student and the object of study and think about your own life and reflect on your highs and lows and ask what, what, what's going on here and what insights can I apply in my life going forward? Mm -mm. Yeah, great advice, great advice. So you can um, actually start following Mark and just check out the great resources and writings that Mark has out there at markconnor.com.au. Um, wonderful, wonderful resources, years and years of experience if you are not already connected with Mark. Mark, just before you do go, when it comes to planning, we understanding we need to, you know, somehow make some plans, whatever we want to call them, next steps moving forward when it comes to reaching out to people. We understanding the importance of our inner world and be, being healthy. What else would you like to say in this area of planning? If you had to say one more thing, what would you pitch in there today? Yeah, my final thought would be, you know, planning on the front end saves a lot of time and energy on the back end. Um, you know, when you stop to plan, uh, you can sometimes feel like you're not getting things done. But planning is actually a highly efficient activity. 
I think a good metaphor is kind of sharpen the axe. There's a funny story of two people competing in this wood chopping competition and one went 10 hours a day, you know, uh, chopping, chopping, chopping. The other one, you know, chopped for nine hours and the other hour took a break. Uh, But in that hour, he was sharpening his axe and uh, he outperformed the other one dramatically. And the other one was shocked. You you know, you, you only chopped wood for nine hours. How did you do that? He went, well, he took an hour to sharpen the, the, the axe. And I think it's a really good metaphor, Tina, for planning is, you know, an hour spent in planning is going to save you time, save you uh, drift, save you just a whole bunch of things. Uh, it's a really high leverage activity. And so, yeah, I, I think once you start to plan regularly, make it a regular habit, you will see the benefits of it and it's really well worth the investment of time. Yeah, so that would be a final thought from me. Excellent. This has been a wonderful conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it today. I've got so many things popping off in my mind of what I can sharpen, things I can change to, you know, and I want to be better in this space. So, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. It was really great to be a guest on your show and um, all the best to the listeners and to yourself. I hope 24 is going to be uh, one of your most uh, enjoyable, meaningful and impacting years yet. We're here to win.